All right, Jenny B, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Yay, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Episode three. We took a bit of a hiatus um, because of some significant family changes in our life. And so um, we'll just tell you a little bit about it, but um, my dear mother passed away last week. Um, so almost 10 days ago, we had a, her funeral a week ago today. And so here we are in the aftermath of that. Um, lots of lessons that have been learned and lots of beautiful experiences, but lots of grief and a big void. Yeah, absolutely. We've been feeling a lot of it, and I'm super grateful to uh, therapist friends on Facebook and Instagram who had been posting how the world is experiencing a grief cycle. So I had all these wonderful screenshots saved to my phone to start showing my kids as they were processing information. And I'll tell you, it's really wonderful to have friends stop by, to have my friends bring food, to receive flowers and gifts. I never really thought that was really important to me until I experienced Yeah, and I was, you know, you just learn who who really cares. And also it's a good reminder about how much do we care. You know, when we see somebody struggle with something or a loved one passes away on our Facebook feed, how often do we pause and say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that, and love and prayers and all those things, or do we just click a sad face and kind of yeah. just move on? Like we'd Well, more... because we are into strengths, I could definitely see where some people, they were playing to their strengths to reach out. Yeah. If I had had everybody who commented on my Facebook page, or all 150 people who liked one post, that would have been actually been too much for my system. So for me, I'm grateful for the people who have the strengths at gift giving or thoughtful card mailing. I don't mail very well. (laughs) So I'm grateful for people for their strengths and using those to express their feelings while recognizing that not everyone does. And so it's perfectly playing out for me. Yeah. Yeah. And And the only reason I brought that up was because I saw another friend of mine um, his father had passed away. Like and so literally the next day. Yeah. And so I paused and was like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry to hear about that. Um, but I actually had to pause and think, wait, I need to actually mm-hmm. empathize mm-hmm. with him. Um, but anyway, the whole, the purpose of this podcast isn't so much, this episode is not so much to talk about this, uh, this process because it's, I mean, we've learned so much over the last yeah, few it's months. Like a series it's a series. Itself. <laughs> But it's actually, it's actually what 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 it did to me ultimately is it changed my entire deci- approach to the concept of emotional weight loss. Mm-hmm. And my voice <laughs> broke when I said loss. <laughs> uh, and you know, I I wrote this book based on on my experience, and I laid out a series of steps that people can execute in order to to have success with emotional weight loss. And then I've paused and I said, you know what? I want to not redo it, but I want to add to it Uh based on what I have experienced in watching my mom. Yeah. And I'm going to go into that briefly and then we'll kind of continue on our charted course. Uh, And hopefully within the next six weeks or so, uh, I'll have this new version completed 
mm-hmm. and we and we kind of re-release it. It's it's interesting, and it will still be available at stevenjenny.us uh, in the future for those of you who are not listening to this in real time. Yeah. So my mom is um, is just a wonderful lady, and I say is because to me she is still real. She still exists. She's just in the spiritual form. She's in She's her an heavenly angel. state. She's an angel. Um, but she is real. So she, uh, so I'm not going to speak to her in her, in about her in a past tense, uh, format. She is real. And the only thing that maybe I could speak to in past tense are the things that maybe she struggled with because a lot of those are gone. Mm-hmm. Now, let me just kind of sum up her life as it pertains to weight okay because so much of what i have experienced with weight loss comes through my mother's family my mom was born to a a family where in in the future she would say that they were all big boned and she used to tell me that i was big boned the fact of the matter is that in her family they had tall genes but they didn't necessarily have big and tall genes. The big part truly was a choice. And I've seen that specifically in one of my aunts, who I think is about 5'8 or 5'9, um, and my mom was like 5'2. But she had been heavy for a number of years. And then lately, and I mean, she's also been on, on a roller coaster herself, but lately, over the last few years, she has been very trim, very thin. A lot of that is just grief and, but she's been, uh, cause her husband passed away. But anyway, she's been, um, she's been quite skinny. And I just remember thinking when I was little that she was one of those big boned people that I got lumped into. And now you see a perfect example in front of you of how that isn't true. That isn't true. As I've looked back at pictures of my mom, you know, she spent almost 75 years on this earth. And I would say that of those 75 years, she was probably considered overweight for 60 of them. Oh, really? Maybe 65. Hmm. I guess I haven't seen a lot of those pictures. Yeah, because even pictures of her as a little girl, she's just a little chubby. She just wasn't as a young adult, though. Yeah, yeah, she was quite trim as a, as a young adult in the in the meat market <laughs> phase of life. I love to call she it. would say that. <laughs> you know, what's funny though, is I always remember when you would, when you're, when you would tell me that your mom had said that to you when you were little, I always look at your face and I always look at your nose and I'm like, your nose doesn't say that. And I know that's really silly, but there was something in me that was always like, ah, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> And you were the first person to say, honey, I don't think that's true. And it took me years to actually unwind this belief. And believe me. Yeah. Yeah. So she was, she was kind of chubby as a, as a child. Um, and then she got to be a little bit skinnier in her young adult years, um, up until the time that she married my dad at age 25-ish. I found years ago a document that my dad had written which was a pro con list 
of reasons to marry my mom and to not marry my mom. I When I hear this, I just cover my eyes. I'm yeah. like, no, how did this list stick around for so many years for you to find it, your number five child? <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> like, And this can make a lot of people uncomfortable. It's like, oh, you're talking through this. But yeah. it, it's... We all have our stories. We all have our lives. And this is this is what you have observed. This is what I've observed, yeah. The story that I observed was that my dad wrote this list. And the there were 10 or 15 just very long pro reasons to, to get married to my mom. And the first con reason, the first negative thing was... Her propensity to be heavy and gain weight. Are those the words he used? Very similar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because I, I, propensity is a word that he would have used. And, and the background your dad comes from is two parents that were extremely trim, very health conscious, very careful about what they ate. Yes. And slightly critical of those who didn't see their world viewpoint, which yes. is very human of most of us. Right. <laughs> Almost all of us. <laughs> In my emotional weight loss course, I give more detail about this story, but I have a picture where I'm sitting between my two sets of grandparents and specifically between my two grandmothers and my mom's mom, my maternal grandfather, sorry, my maternal grandmother was heavy and was probably 250, 260, 270, somewhere in that range. Um, potentially all the way up to 300 at that point. We don't know. Yeah. And then my grand, my paternal grandmother was just a trim, normal looking, you know, 65 year old woman. I doubt she got past a size 10. Yeah. By the time she died. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's always just super trim. And the stories that I remember growing up, like my mom took a lot of time recently to actually transcribe her journals and write her out her, her his, life history. And so just from watching pictures, looking at pictures and reading her, her story, what I saw was this, tr this constant, uh, I, you know, like this constant feeling of lack of satisfaction with who, she, how her body looked a lot of body image issues. And she talked about, oh, I need to go on a diet. And, you know, she had, let's see, she had four kids within the first eight years of marriage, seven and a half years of marriage. Um, she had six kids total, but like after every single child, it was just like there was this incremental gain of weight. And this is when I realized as I was studying emotional weight loss that my mom was burdened. Like the reason she gained weight was in part the emotion of burden and stress. My dad got the, the polio virus during the 50s, and so he had and he got it bad, and so he was confined to a wheelchair uh, the, for the rest of his life. And so you think about these two people who come together, and there was a there was a tendency for my dad to criticize the weight issue from my mom's family. And then on for my mom, there was this hesitation to marry a man who was handicapped. Because mm -hmm. if she had longing for children, there was an unknown. There was an unknown about whether he could perform. Oh, you 
sleep on. Sorry. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, yeah, whether, yeah, right. <laughs> I was just saying have children. <laughs> uh, and so really, like, both of these people had their own body image issues. My mom, a kind of a self, like, a self-rejection, a feeling of I'm always going to be overweight, mm-hmm. and I'm burdened by the, by having this these six children and this handicapped husband and all the responsibilities. And then my dad for being like, my body's broken. I'm literally a broken man. And he used to be athletic before he got the virus. You know, he was an outdoorsy guy and his body was broken. And so those two emotions of those two parents came and go boom. And it, and it hit me especially hard at the early phase of life. And I'm only going to speak to my experience because that's the only thing that's relevant. So as I, as I grow up, I notice that, you know, like I have this unconditional love for my mom as a, as a young child. Like I just love my, loved my mom and I hated being apart from her. I got homesick. I didn't go to sleepovers when sleepovers back then were like, okay, <laughs> before they got sketchy. But I never liked to go to sleepovers because I didn't want to be away from my mom and then even in my early adolescent years going on scout campouts and scout trips, I didn't want to be away from my mother. And so I, I got really homesick in those cases. But what also happened was at school, you know, my mom would come into the classroom and volunteer or we'd be out and about somewhere among, and, 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 and especially if it was among my peers, I would easily and quickly pick up on words and observations that those kids made. That lady's fat. Right. It's a, it's a descriptive word. It's a description. It's used in our society. It made complete sense. Right. But it was loaded with a lot of society baggage. Yeah. Emotional baggage. <laughs> and you owned all of it. And I owned all of it. And so... That I had this love for my mom and then this criticism that she was heavy. And at the same time, when this all became to come, became, began to, to be prevalent in my mind, that's when I started putting on weight as a child. Basically nine years old and on is when I started putting on the pounds based on the habits that I had and the emotions that I was feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so fast forward through, I mean... My, my father passed away when I was almost 13. My mom was a widow for 26 years. And I put together this slideshow for her, uh, for her viewing that it was, it was a really great way for me to mourn, um, just to, to put all these pictures together and put it to music and really honor her life. And I noticed, I was like, oh, there were a couple times in her life where she really lost a lot of weight and was really quite thin. And then... Um, and then there were other times where that was not the case. And so I started to observe certain patterns about that. But um, I recognized towards the end of my life, or sorry, towards the end of my mom's life, that she still deeply struggled with these feelings about body image. And without going into too much detail, because of how special this experience is and was for me to be a part of, Basically, there was a hesitation for her 
to choose to just kind of let go and say, you know what, I am ready to move on to the next stage of my existence and I'm ready to pass on and, and you know, go to heaven and all that. There was a hesitation because I think she still felt a sense of, am I attractive? Will I, will I be attractive to my husband who I haven't seen for 26 years? Will he still want me? Will he still love me? Yeah. And I, um, man, I mean, it makes me emotional to think about, but. It's because you have tender feelings for both parents. Yeah. And we both know your dad's been around your mom for 26 years. She just didn't know it. Yeah, she just didn't. She didn't recognize Tune in. But ultimately, um, I had a very special experience with, with my mom where we got to talk a lot about the beauty of her, of who she is. And, you know, like, and as I'm putting together these, this slideshow, it's like she just had this beautiful smile. She, and she was just so friendly and so happy. Well loved by friends. Well loved. And she wasn't like a charismatic person that you would consider highly influential. But she made a huge impact on people. Oh, she had so many friends. She just... She had her circle yeah. of influence and trust and love. And, and then you were able to reiterate to her for a few days before her death that, Mom, you're so worthy of all of this. Yeah. Mom, you are so beautiful. So the, special, the one special experience I will share in kind of conclusion to this episode is I had one of the songs that I had put in her slideshow was the song by the Carpenters. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? And just like me, they want to be close to you. And so <clears throat> we're at the viewing and everybody had gone except for, um, for, I think it was just the two of us. And I went in, oh, and our friend who came to the viewing, Eddie. And you were still talking to Eddie, and I, I stepped away so I could just have another moment at the casket with, with, um, with my mom's body. Not with my mom, but with my mom's body. Mm-hmm. And that song happened to be playing from the slideshow in the adjacent room. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I grabbed my mom's hand, and I started to sway with her and act like I was kind of dancing. And... I just looked at her and in tears, I said, Mom, you are so beautiful. And it was in this moment and in a couple moments since that I want to share with the world that we can choose to recognize ourselves for who we are and the beauty that we possess no matter whether we are classically attractive or handsome, whether people have been telling us that we're beautiful or cute or whatever, we can embrace ourselves for the beauty that each of us possesses. And I recognize that Jenny has been doing this, you know, for six or seven years as, a, as a, an expert for the Dressing Your Truth community in Carol Tuttle's program. And... Um, 
And while dressing your truth was an important part of my emotional healing, and this is all in, in the course, and it's a tool that is available for everybody at such an affordable rate, mm -hmm. I finally saw how these programs of emotional weight loss and dressing your truth all point to the same outcome, which is recognizing and accepting oneself for the beauty that is within them. Right. I think you've been wearing dressing your truth more since you realize this on a subconscious level yeah. than ever before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so my mom's first name is Linda. And Linda in Spanish means beautiful. And it was just unfortunate that she could not truly believe or recognize that she was beautiful, whether she was 170 pounds or 150 pounds or whether she was 270 pounds, mm -hmm. that she was beautiful inside and out. She was beautiful old and young. Mm -hmm. She was beautiful sick and healthy. And so if I can help the world choose to recognize their inner beauty without sounding like a beauty consultant. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show off this lipstick and blush combo. <laughs> How is your emotional beauty? <laughs> but yeah, Jenny can help you with that physical beauty and, and helping with, uh, with dressing your truth and pointing you to good resources found within that program. Mm -hmm. And she can also help with the emotional stuff. But what I love to teach people is that they are holding on to emotional baggage that literally makes them choose to believe that they are not worth it, that they are ugly, that they are fat, that who they are is not good enough. So I choose to be on a long-term journey of helping people recognize that they can choose to be beautiful and accept themselves. And, and yes, there's a level of, oh, I can accept my body for what it is right now. And there's a level of recognizing that when your body is at a certain body weight and you know that it's not healthy, you know that you're not happy with your body weight. You're at odds with your body. Yep, exactly. You're at odds with it. It means that there's an emotional dissonance that is occurring. It needs to be resolved. And so that's what I want to help people resolve. Yeah. And even if they're not super duper skinny or like, I, I, could, I couldn't care less about being shredded, as they, they <laughs> call it, being ripped, having all the abs, you know, and all the, the sculpted muscles. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't care, care less about helping somebody get from you know, a size 10 down to a size four. Like that's not the point. Right. The point is to eliminate the dissonance mm -hmm. and have them be completely happy in their own skin and recognizing themselves for who they are. So you anyway. know, while you say that, I think it's something you've been gifting me for years. Thanks. Because I would wake up and, oh, I don't have my makeup on. Oh, my hair's not done. And you're like, Jenny, you're beautiful. Why are you worried about that? 
<laughs> so you've been gifting that to me for years. Now it's time to take it a little bit wider. Spread the love yep. to the entire world. So that's the journey. And um, emotional weight loss, uh, as presently constituted, I mean, it's, the principle is still true. The course is still available. But I'm excited to put a different spin. With a type one on like this. you, it's always going to get a fresh update. <laughs> yes, every, everything I do is always going to get a fresh coat of paint at some point. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we might throw out a wall again. <laughs> True. Rearrange the furniture, make it look a little more aesthetically pleasing. Exactly. <laughs> so, 2.0 is coming out. Yeah, 2.0 is coming out sometime in the near future. And I think I know when that future is, but I'll hold my breath until I'm ready to fully commit and <laughs> promise that it will be available right. by a certain date. Anyway, exactly. I just want everybody to know you are beautiful and you are completely amazing when you live according to who you are and you recognize that and you do things your way so that you show up to the world with your authentic, beautiful gifts that are completely unique to who you are. Mm -hmm. You don't have to compare yourself. You don't have to be like somebody else. Just be you at a higher level. Oh, yes. Let's do that. Okay, we'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Spring.